Timothy in chapter number 2. While you're making your way there this morning, uh, we were talking about the treasure that we have in earthen vessels. And we are all uh, just dust uh, and uh, we are uh, cheap uh, earthen vessels that God uh, has given uh, the gospel to. Uh, God knows our frame. Uh, and uh, really the end in mind goal, I really didn't get to it uh, at the course of uh, in the message this morning, uh, is that uh, all that he was trying to describe uh, there for us uh, in uh, Corinthians uh, was that God's design uh, is to demonstrate that, uh, that human weakness, uh, not human strength, is what God chooses to build his church. Um, whenever, uh, whenever, as human beings in our service for the Lord, uh, that we get weak and we're tired. And um, I'm thinking about vacation Bible school. There's just uh, late nights and just a lot of work and labor. Uh, and uh, you're exhausted uh, as, uh, as you're serving Him. Uh, that seems to be when God, uh, God shows up the most. Uh, and our weaknesses is where uh, He manifests Himself uh, when we think we can do it on our own. Uh, and I mean, I, there's probably at some moments during the week where, uh, where people thought, are we ever going to get it done? Are we going to get it done in time? Uh, is it going to work? Again, are there kids, kids going to show up? And uh, what's God going to do? And, uh, and you just you sit back and you just trust the Lord because uh, he's the one who builds his church. And uh, so Paul was telling us uh, through his word, uh, God's word, that um, he, will, he, he wants to rely upon God's strength, uh, not human strength. And uh, God can use the church best uh, when it depends less on its own resources and learns to trust the power of God. Who he's the one who saves. It's not us. We don't save people. I've had people come up to me and say, Brother Reno, I just want to thank you for saving me. And well, uh, I didn't save you. I uh, told you the gospel. Jesus saved you. Uh, God may have uh, allowed me to participate uh, in the process, but I had nothing to do uh, with God saving anyone. Uh, by the way, neither have you. Uh, and uh, it always amazes me because we're talking about um, a personal holiness a little bit tonight. Um, how much uh, we, uh, we take credit. Uh, modern Christian churches uh, do a lot of things that God uh, doesn't say, doesn't, he doesn't accept. They're not acceptable to him. Uh, and we are really good at letting the, uh, the ends justify the means. Uh, so we point to salvation decisions, which we had nothing to do with, uh, to, uh, to justify uh, what we do in our service for God that's not pleasing to him. Uh, it's never right to do wrong to do right. Uh, and uh, that's just kind of the trap that we're in. Personal holiness, character are important regardless uh, of what people uh, might say today. We're going to find our text in 2 Timothy. I invite you to stand for a moment uh, as we read just a couple of verses here. And then we'll back up uh, and look at things. And I'm, I am really going to try to uh, move along uh, quickly tonight. Uh, we'll begin reading just in verse number 20. The Bible says... Uh, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message tonight. Help me as I preach it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
Uh, tried to adjusting my own neck uh, a little bit before choir practice and uh, and aggravated things. And so pray for me. I'm just uh, in a lot of pain at the moment. Uh, and hopefully partway through here, the ibuprofen will kick in uh, and we'll be good. Uh, but uh, Paul, as I mentioned this morning, uh, my, one of my favorites, obviously, in the Bible. And, uh, and here we have a pastoral epistle. Uh, Paul teaching uh, young Timothy uh, at this point. He's probably not as young as people would think. Probably most people say uh, in his late 20s, early 30s. And he's given him some instruction on how to pastor. Uh, remember, all, uh, all Scripture is given to us by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. Uh, and uh, in, in this, even though it's a pastoral epistle, he's writing to him in how to be a better pastor. Uh, it's for everybody. Uh, it's applicable to everyone uh, that is here tonight. Uh, we apply it maybe in different ways. I will go to it as a pastor uh, and read First and Second Timothy and Titus and draw from those things uh, how I'm supposed to pastor. Uh, what my attitude and my spirit should be. And, and by the way, it's important uh, that preachers uh, look at this uh, and make these decisions uh, because they matter. Uh, and, uh, and what he's wanting Timothy to do, uh, each and every preacher of the gospel uh, should do and try to uh, acquire those things, assimilate uh, these uh, into uh, their life. Uh, backing up just a little bit, at the beginning of chapter number 2, he's telling him to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, and the same that he's heard, he wants him to commit the faithful men, uh, wanting to pass it on. That's how you build a church, by the way. Uh, you win people to the Lord, uh, you disciple them, teach them to win people to the Lord, and you commit the same things. Uh, one of our difficulties in Christianity today uh, is uh, everybody, nobody wants to follow tradition. Uh, and, but there are traditions uh, that God has passed down through His Word uh, that we're to continue in, uh, steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine. And when our doctrine and our positions uh, are in contrast to or in opposition to uh, the doctrines that God has laid out through these, these men in the early church, uh, then we're wrong. Uh, and we need to remedy that and make uh, sure uh, that we do. It tells, us to, it tells Timothy and also us to endure hardness as a good soldier. And it's really helping him to deal with the difficulties that have been taking place at the church of Ephesus. At this point, it's believed that, that Timothy uh, is the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Uh, and, uh, and some false teachers... Uh, and troublemakers uh, had found their way into uh, the church. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, this is also, uh, these, there's several things I'll point out tonight quickly that, uh, that I, um, I have to work on all the time. Uh, I am, uh, I, I want to, I like to be right, uh, and I like to make my points, uh, and I have to always fight not to involve myself uh, in vain things, that don't really matter. Uh, and, and it's so tempting. Uh, I just, I'll just hear somebody say something dumb in a grocery store. Uh, and I just want to like, excuse me, but, uh, and then enter into the conversation. Just, but I couldn't help but overhearing. Uh, I was eavesdropping. I was listening to what you were saying, and it was really dumb. Let me help you. Let me teach you uh, what is right. That's just, that's just my default. Uh, and, but God says that that shouldn't be our default. Uh, we should be, be quick to hear slow to speak, uh, and, uh, and walking in wisdom towards them without uh, many times uh, means us not saying something uh, 
to necessarily prove a point or some kind of gotcha moment, uh, and we need to be careful. So there's several things in here that, uh, that uh, as I'm preaching it, uh, I'm preaching it, of course, to me, all of my messages, uh, but uh, these are things you say, well, a pastor needs to do that. I know. Uh, I need to be better at it uh, as well. All of God's people said, amen. amen. He says this in verse number 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words uh, to no profit, but to the subverting of hearers. It's the opposite. Uh, he's, he's telling Timothy, don't do the opposite of edification. Uh, our speech is supposed to be grace speech uh, with the purpose of edification, and that's to build up. Subverting is the opposite of that. Uh, words tear down. Uh, and, and we have to be, uh, be very conscious of the words that we choose, especially um, pastors and preachers, evangelists, missionaries, uh, because uh, one, one word uh, taken the wrong way uh, could really help somebody or cause somebody or at least, uh, um, you know, be part of the reason uh, why they may uh, have a negative uh, slide in their personal walk with the Lord. He tells them to study, to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, uh, rightly dividing uh, the word of truth. Uh, that's, we need more of that today. Uh, and by the way, uh, there's that you know, um, approval word there. We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Uh, and, uh, and God is, is uh, when we rightly divide the word of truth and when we follow sound doctrine, uh, God approves of that. Uh, so if he approves of some things, there's others that he disapproves. Uh, and, uh, and he's telling Timothy to study. And he knew that Timothy, uh, his mother and his grandmother, uh, had raised him on the word of God. And he wants him to continue in that. Uh, he was his son in the ministry, loved him, and he's given him sound, sound advice. Verse 16, here's one of those other things uh, that I say for me. Uh, it applies, and I need, to, I need to be better. You need to be better. But shun profane uh, and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. All right? Um, that, the, the vain babblings is such a useless uh, um, good for nothing conversations. There's no end. Uh, it's like people arguing over things that they're never going to get a, re, uh, a result from. Um, there are people in my life that want to debate me about stuff, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, we'll debate all day long, and neither one of us are going to change. Uh, and, uh, and when we do that, um, uh, many, many times, uh, tempers. Uh, when you get in those types of debates and you want to be a Christian, uh, and uh, it's sometimes you will uh, you'll say things, do things, or behave in ways, or respond to them in ways that increase unto more ungodliness, uh, that increase into more problems. Uh, and, uh, and then he brings up, in Paul-like fashion, some names of people, calls them out. Uh, in verse 17, and their word will eat as doth a canker. That means uh, he's saying some people uh, in the church of Ephesus are like gangrene. They're like cancer uh, in the church. They're like a canker that, uh, that, that eats away and ruins. It's, uh, uh, it's destructive. Uh, and uh, their words are like cancer, of whom Hymenius and Philetus. So he names them uh, in um, I know that people don't like that, and uh, I don't really, I don't do that. Uh, I don't really think I have very much. Sometimes I've, uh, you know, I've said things in ways where people understand perhaps who they are. Nothing wrong with that. I think private sin should be private. Public sin uh, should be dealt with public. Uh, that's scriptural. Uh, but 
Um, but if I was up here saying, you know, I'll just, I'll just say Brother, uh, Brother Reed, because he's up here in the front, uh, you know, uh, and Brother Reed, you just need to behave. And somebody go, whoa. Uh, he said, Brother Reed. Uh, and that's not spiritual. That's fleshly preaching. Uh, well, if it's freshly, pre- fleshly preaching, there's a whole lot of that in the Bible. Uh, and uh, so he calls these guys out who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection has passed already and overthrown the faith of some. That's the problem with false teaching uh, in, in false doctrine. Uh, people are cast about by every wind of doctrine. And their, their false teaching about the resurrection uh, had overthrown some people's faith. And I like this. I'm not going to preach this. Verse number 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Man, that's a whole sermon series right there. Uh, and God knows His sheep. He knows who are His. And he's, what He's saying is, Hymenius and Philetus are not. Uh, and He goes on to qualify that here in a minute by saying that in uh, a great house, uh, verse number 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Now, he used the analogy of a great house. We looked at earthen vessels this morning. Everybody uh, had earthen vessels. Uh, just the throwaway types of things didn't matter if it was just a, a poor person, a rich person, whatever. Everybody had them very common. Not everybody uh, had vessels of gold and vessels of silver. Uh, and uh, so he points this out that in a great house there are these. Uh, and, of course, he's, he's making an application to the church at Ephesus. He's saying in the church, in the great house, uh, there are vessels of gold, uh, there are vessels of silver, there are some of wood, uh, some to honor and some to dishonor. Now, uh, let me just make this statement tonight. Uh, every time, um, there's distinctions in the Bible. Uh, we are, I believe, maybe you don't believe this, uh, but I am a local church believer, all right? I don't believe in the universal church, all right? There's the family of God. There's the household of faith, right? There are all those things, uh, but I believe that the churches are local and they're visible, uh, and we have to be careful if we're going to uh, rightly divide the word of truth not to apply uh, things that God has said are to be done in the local church and apply that to uh, every other Christian, all right? Uh, one, one great example would be like church discipline. Uh, that's for the local church. Uh, when it's talking about taking two or three witnesses and all this different stuff, and you're talking about your sister friend from you know, uh, the church across town, she's offended you, um, we're not following Matthew chapter number 18 with your sister friend because they're part of the household of faith. They're not part of the local church. Are you with me? But there's, we often conflate the two, and when we do that, we, we cause all kinds of confusion. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, God, God gives specific instructions. Remember, all the Bible written for us, not to us. Uh, he's saying in the church of Ephesus, the great house, there are people of honor and dishonor. The ones that are dishonor, I'll just name a couple of them. Hymenaeus and Philetus uh, are no good. They're like cancer in the church. Uh, could you imagine be sitting there if you're just like Philetus, you're not paying attention. Maybe you're kind of Facebooking a little bit uh, during, this, during this service while this letter's being read, and then you hear your name called out like that. Uh, cancer. 
Well, that's kind of that's kind of tough. <laughs> uh, that's kind of uh, harsh. Uh, it is, uh, but sometimes that's the best way uh, that you deal with those types of things. So Paul's metaphor for the church is uh, of God's household. Uh, there are some that are uh, noble vessels. There are some that are ignoble vessels, and uh, in the church, uh, all churches are they're a mixed bag. Uh, of, of vessels, some that are fit for the master's use, some that are not. Uh, we could go in there for sake of time, talk about how God says we're not to put uh, new wine and old bottles. Uh, there are analogies in the Bible about being, we need to, uh, we're earthen vessels, we're nothing, but we're still vessels uh, that God uses. We're supposed to be vessels that are filled. He says, be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. When you got saved, you were indwelled with the Spirit of God, uh, but you also need to be filled with the Spirit of God and power. You take that uh, and you go out and you pour it out on people and you come back uh, and you ask God for more. We live, uh, hopefully, if you're saved, by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Some Christians are powerless. Um, God's not filling them with the Spirit uh, because they are dirty vessels. They're, they're whited sepulchers. They're, they're, they're on the outside. They, they look like the part, but on the inside, they're full of dead man's bones. Uh, and we're really good at putting on a front. Um, so we need to have the perspective, because God gets the glory, that when God uses us as vessels, we're just cheap, broken vessels that he has entrusted his treasure in, uh, and, uh, and we always need to give glory to God, that God will use us in our weakness. But never forget, we are vessels nonetheless. Uh, and those vessels need to be vessels that God can use, and that should be our goal. We should all want God to use us. Uh, we should pray, God, use me. Uh, help me to win someone to Christ. Use me for uh, your glory. Uh, I remember praying uh, as a, uh, a young Bible college student. I said, God, whatever, use me in whatever way uh, will bring you glory. If in my death that will bring you glory, then so be it. And I was, I was all in. God, use me uh, to, in my life uh, and use me uh, in my death uh, if that is what uh, you want. But he says uh, here that there's some cleansing uh, of these vessels that can take place. Uh, he says in verse number, uh, verse number 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now there's two parts of this. When we're reading, we're looking at Scripture, and we're trying to understand. He says, if any man purge himself from these, we can say, okay, is he about to just give me a list of things? Uh, or is he referring to what uh, he was just talking about? And there's a little bit of both uh, in this passage of Scripture. Uh, he's already laid out that there are false teachers uh, that have vain babblings and all the nonsense and everything else, profane, vain, uh, and uh, increase the godliness who are canker, um, gangrene, cancers uh, in the church, names a couple of them, uh, and, uh, and says, uh, if you name the name of God, you're supposed to depart from iniquity. There's vessels, good vessels, there are bad vessels. And if you purge yourself from these, he's saying, if you purge yourself from these bad vessels, if you purge yourself from these false teachers, uh, if you purge yourself from those who aren't, uh, uh, don't have sound doctrine, uh, that is a way that you become a vessel fit for the master's use. Um, it's important for all of us to understand and know uh, that there are, there are people in local churches, there are people in this local church that you shouldn't play with. All right? 
Uh, now you ought to love them and you ought to pray for them, uh, but they're not good for you. Uh, they're not living for the Lord. Uh, they're not walking with Him. Uh, there are brothers and sisters and, and we need to provoke them unto love and good works. That's the theme for our year. We're to go to them. Ye which are spiritual, restore such in one. We ought to go up and say, hey, uh, praying for you. You need to get right, etc. Hold people accountable. All of that. Uh, but there are just people in, in our churches, every church, uh, they're not good for, for each other. They just need to just not, uh, not be around. I'm not saying be mean, be long-suffering and kind, patient. All the virtues that God wants us to have as Christians, we apply to one another. Uh, but, uh, but you're maybe to separate from them. You might be, hi, and how are you? Sit by me at church or whatever, but they might not be the one that you go on vacation with. Um, it, is, it, is, it is vital, separation, personal holiness, character is what he's dealing with in this passage of Scripture. And he says, you can be a vessel fit for the master's use. That word fit uh, is convenient. It's meat. Uh, it's meat for the master's use. It's like uh, when God says he'll make Adam a help meat for him. He's, that, it's not help meat that turns into help mate. Uh, it is a help that is meat, that is fit, that's convenient, that works for him. Uh, and he created Eve. He says, you will be a vessel that is fit, meat, convenient, that God can use uh, if you avoid uh, these people. Cleansing your life will make you an honorable vessel uh, and with great usefulness. This is the exact opposite of the contemporary um, delusion that character is irrelevant. Uh, that God just loves everybody and loves everybody the same way. And it's just, he's just good with whether you're just on fire for God or you're not. If you're serving God or you don't, uh, it's all good. We're all equal under the cross. And Jesus doesn't look, just because you live that way doesn't mean that, uh, and we say all the things, but it's, it it's flies in the face uh, of, of Scripture. This calls uh, for Timothy and also us uh, to have a conscious Willful cleansing. Uh, it says, if a man purge himself from these. Uh, that means if a man or woman cleanses himself from these, that means we're supposed to do something. Something there. Cleansing your life will make you more honorable. Self-cleansing here is from false teachers, erroneous doctrines, uh, returning to the pure gospel, making sure, Timothy, you preach uh, what you've been taught and you're faithful to teach uh, other men. Uh, and some people are gold and their works match. Some people are wood, hay, and straw. Uh, and uh, and they um, are, their works are going to burn up. Some vessels to honor and some to dishonor. So he says, to purge yourself from these, we go backwards and we say, all right, it's the false teachers, Hymenaeus uh, and Philetus. Uh, and, and really in that local church at Ephesus, uh, when he said those names, everybody knew probably a lot more details than we know. Uh, they know exactly what Paul was talking about. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, uh, if, we, if God didn't say we're not supposed to be busybodies and gossips or whatever, I would go to heaven and say, hey, uh, what was up with those two? I mean, what did they do? Because they got, they got, they got schooled by the Apostle Paul like in public. Uh, and uh, for all eternity. <laughs> uh, and uh, what do they do? Uh, and uh, whoever's, whoever you're asking to say, none of your business. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, anyways, uh, but he goes on. Here's how we maintained ourselves as vessels uh, for uh, his purpose. He goes on. Uh, he says, uh, flee youthful lusts. Flee also youthful lusts. So he says flee, but then he also says uh, follow. So he gives two things. 
He says, flee youthful lust. Remember, Timothy now at this point, maybe late 20s, early 30s, uh, who knows? He's not a teenager. Uh, he's a young man. Uh, he's pastoring the church at Ephesus uh, and, uh, and serving the Lord there. That church is uh, uh, in a, a bastion uh, of, of, of crazy philosophy and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, the church is being infiltrated. They've got problem church members. Uh, and, uh, and Timothy is being encouraged by Paul to keep at it. Because that kind of stuff, it just, it wears you, it wears you down. So he says to flee youthful lust. Now, we think about that. We think of uh, lusts, desires, uh, and we put that in that context. And we say uh, as, uh, as we are grown, we're supposed to flee those things. And that's part of uh, the context that is there. Uh, I think that we should, uh, uh, you know, Bible talks about uh, uh, it's better uh, to marry than to burn. All right. Uh, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Uh, there are, uh, you think of fleeing lust. Uh, I would think of Joseph uh, and uh, in Potiphar's house. Um, uh, whenever those types of things happen, uh, we should flee and we should run. Uh, but this also in the verses, and we know this because of how uh, it continues down, uh, it is a, uh, it's uh, the, the youthful lust or the desires uh, that uh, he is saying we need to flee from uh, are, are the, the, he's stressing the qualities uh, that spring uh, from youthful temperaments. He's telling him to flee from those, those youthful things and desires and temperaments, those things you have an intense desire, a craving for, uh, for anything. It's a longing for those things that are forbidden. It's like when somebody tells you, you know, um, you ever see those videos and they put marshmallows or whatever in front of kids and they leave the room, say, if you don't eat the marshmallows, uh, you can have the whole bag, you know, and then they have the videos in there and the kids are like, mm, they're licking them and, uh, you know, some of the kids eat them, some of them resist uh, and they put that temptation there uh, in front of them. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, they, when you tell somebody no, it seems like that's what they want to, that's what they want to do. It almost challenges them. And we try to play like, hey, you know, it's like uh, um, the opposite, uh, and, uh, and hopefully they will do uh, the right thing. But it's talking about heads, the, the headstrong passions of youth. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? It's like you, um, uh, I know we have teenagers in here. I, I was a teenager. It was a long time ago. Uh, but if, if you think, I think I'm right now. Uh, when I was a teenager, it was out of control. I mean, nobody could tell me anything different. Um, I, I knew the answer to everything. Uh, and I, I, was, uh, I was smarter than everybody, uh, and, uh, and I was just a, a train wreck. So uh, if following the context, uh, he's talking about the chronic lusts and sins of the youth. And, uh, and there are a lot of them that I think of. I think of, um, well, one, that's a youthful lust or desire or a, uh, a temperament uh, is, uh, is youth's longing for acceptance. Um, all through the Bible, he's teaching Timothy and everybody, it's like, you, you serve God. You don't serve other people. Uh, we talk, he's, he says, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Uh, he talks about what our friends should be, who they should be, on and on. Uh, and if we want to be a vessel, young person, if you want to be a vessel fit for the master's use, uh, you have to flee youthful lusts and the desire to please all of your friends. Uh, to be accepted uh, by the crowd. Uh, because God says when you're in my crowd, uh, you won't be accepted. Uh, and uh, one of the easiest way to figure out who your real friends are, start living for the Lord. 
And by the way, you won't have to break up with them. They'll break up with you. They'll say, they, won't start, they won't be inviting you uh, to uh, the, the parties anymore. Impatience. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we, I think of the instant gratification involved with, uh, we, they want everything right now. There's harshness. Uh, there's contentiousness. Uh, there might be um, uh, just many different things. So when he says that fleeing from that to Timothy, uh, if you just think of it as, uh, as fleeing uh, the headstrong passions of youth, because, because you've got to be patient. Uh, you, you, have, you can't be harsh. He tells them to be gentle uh, and, to, and to walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Uh, uh, not like uh, a young person who, is, who loves the debate uh, and the and the uh, the winning uh, and the conversations and the uh, and the arguments and and all the stuff uh, that we would do, um, he says flee from that. But then he says follow some things as well. Uh, he says to follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the Lord out of uh, a pure heart. So he says you flee, uh, you stay away from. Uh, the Hymenaeuses uh, and those false teachers. Nothing to do with them. They're cancers. Uh, you purge yourself from these. That, by the way, in the context of local church means purging them out. Uh, it could be church discipline. It could be us making the decision to purge them out of our own life uh, and, uh, and to not be around them. Uh, and whatever, if there's anything or any obstacle or any weight that is hindering your, the running of your race, God says we're supposed to remove those hindrances. Sometimes those hindrances are people, uh, and uh, and we have to we have to be uh, we have to be mindful when we're led of the Holy Spirit, and uh, when we also uh, will um, uh, we should be able to. It's wise to receive wis- uh, understanding and whatever advice, uh, and uh, and God wants us to uh, to listen to uh, godly counsel. Uh, he was to pursue righteousness or follow after righteousness. That means the right conduct uh, of a man who pleases God and is pleasing to him. Uh, it, we have to pursue uh, ethical conduct that glorifies God. Character matters. Uh, if you want God to use you, you have to flee youthful lust and you have to follow after righteousness. Uh, and then God describes in detail in the Bible what righteousness is or what doing righteousness looks like or what virtues and character traits, love, joy, peace. But there are a lot of things. We're supposed to walk honestly, let our speech uh, be, uh, be honest, our yay, our yay, yay, and our nay, nay. Not to have false balances and on and on and on. He says to pursue righteousness. He said also to pursue or follow after faith. Uh, this faith is the combination of belief uh, plus trust in God, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a simple trust that needs to characterize our life. We should be growing in faith. We know without faith it's impossible to please Him. The just shall live by faith. So we follow after it, and we pursue after it. Uh, what is a way that, uh, if I want to be a vessel fit for the Master's use, uh, and, and prepared for every good work, uh, I've got to put some stuff off and flee from some things, but to put some things on as well. Uh, and uh, and uh, need, need to be a person who trusts God implicitly, who believes the Bible uh, and believes that what God says uh, he, he means uh, and he's going to perform it uh, and, uh, and to be faithful to God. He says to Timothy that he should also follow after love, uh, and, namely a love for 
his church at Ephesus and for people. Uh, he was to love the saints. Uh, and when time and circumstances uh, revealed that some of uh, those saints were in fact sinners, uh, he was to go on loving them, uh, even with their faults and with their weaknesses. Um, we, uh, by the way, when we add to virtue, faith, whatever, uh, God has this stuff that we add to and one over the other. Uh, and, uh, and love's down at the bottom end. Uh, modern Christianity likes to throw love way at the beginning uh, and uh, at the expense of, of the other virtues. Uh, and that is just not what God wants. But, uh, but never forget that God wants us to follow after love. And then he says also to follow after peace, uh, unity, tranquility, harmony uh, with his people. Uh, and uh, along with those who call, the Bible says, on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. So the picture created by Paul uh, in contrasting vessels that are, uh, are good vessels uh, and vessels that are for honor and those are of dishonor uh, is for us uh, to uh, flee uh, those headstrong desires, uh, uh, impatient harshness, those things at the same time uh, to sprint, arms stretched out, running towards uh, you know, the uh, righteous conduct and faith and trust. Uh, and that is how we become a vessel for God. Um, my point tonight from this uh, is that in the local church, there are always vessels uh, that can't be used for God. When, tonight when we pray, maybe the way that we pray is, God, uh, am I a vessel fit for your use? Or maybe you say, God, here am I, use me. I want to be a vessel. That should be the prayer of every Christian. I want to be a vessel that you can use. Um, what needs to take place in my life for you to use me? And then just stop and listen to the Holy Spirit's leading. He might say, well, if you want to be used by me uh, in a vessel uh, that will bring glory and honor, uh, then, uh, then you have to, maybe with these people in your life, uh, you need to take a break. Uh, you need to separate from. Um, and it's, it's, sometimes it's not just false teachers and, you know, and heretics or whatever. The Bible says that we're supposed to, uh, to, uh, uh, to run from the angry man. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that God says in his Bible about people that, uh, that by the way, that we judge uh, and perceive and discern. Uh, maybe the Lord might say, uh, you need to flee. Some of the ideology, some of the philosophy, some of the things that you're holding on, uh, the desires that you have. Uh, when you became a man, you put away childish things. Uh, and you flee those youthful desires and lusts, those, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the philosophies uh, that, that drive you. Uh, and just remember uh, that you are to live uh, for, uh, for me. Um, you say, I want to be a vessel. Uh, and you say, here am I. And then God says, purge, flee, and follow these. Maybe you need to work on righteousness. Well, the Bible says our righteousness has filthy rags. It is, but we're still supposed to have it. We're still supposed to do righteous things. Uh, and uh, they, they don't, they don't um, uh, get us to heaven, uh, but there are things that we can do that please the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and when we find them in the Bible, uh, right here, pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace, are all things that God says, oh wait, if you, if you run from these things and you run to these, uh, then I can use you. Uh, and I want to be used of God. So here's that list, and it's not just for preachers. It's for each and every one of us. And I hope you will uh, take that to heart 
uh, and uh, the wisdom that is there. Uh, and by the way, fleeing uh, is as important as pursuing, uh, and, uh, and, and um, we've got to put off the old man and his deeds and put on Christ. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's negative and there's positive. We don't like the negative um, because the negative, that really touches uh, you know, uh, the emotions and things like that. There's, there's uh, all of us have some negative things in our life uh, that we need to purge so that God can use us. And then some great things that we can put on that God will use us as well. Let's all stand tonight uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And uh, we're going to pray and just ask the Lord this evening, uh, God, uh, I want to be a vessel of honor. I don't want to be a vessel of dishonor. As you look at this church, this local church, God, do you see me as a vessel of honor or as a vessel of dishonor? Uh, and if, if the Holy Spirit nudges you uh, in the least bit that says you are a vessel of dishonor, uh, then would you get that right today uh, by the grace of God? As the panel begins to play, uh, let's speak to the Lord tonight uh, and let's just ask Him to use us. Uh, maybe it's simple as dedicating yourself to the Lord again and saying, God, uh, I've been away from you and I, I do want to serve you uh, and I'm just, I just haven't been uh, fit uh, for your use. Uh, and, uh, and make it right. It might be confessing some sin. Uh, it could be committing or recommitting yourself uh, to the promises you've made, God. I think about all the times people have uh, myself included, I'm going to read my Bible more or I'm going to pray more. I'm going to be more faithful in this area or that area. I'm going to be more disciplined uh, in my character uh, for this. And, uh, and then we, we do that for a little while and then it fades away. Uh, God, I want you to use me.